Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Yes, Brandon Bing and I am Rap Poor Stereo Podcast is here. Have no Fear special, special edition, award-winning journalism from the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm super duper duper proud, excited, and a little nervous to talk to our guest today, Noy Lieb. Noy Lieb is a 32-year-old IDF soldier right now. He is fighting in Israel right now. He was in New York City on the Upper East Side, right where I am born and raised on October 6th. And he got on the first thing he could on October 7th after he found out about what was going on in Israel. He's very relatable, very genuine, very regular. And very articulate, very honest, very passionate, the way he articulates himself on social media. So I reached out to him, and he's a great, great special guest for today's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Uh, so I'm going to bring him in. He is in Israel right now, obviously. He is fighting in Gaza. Um, I want you to follow his page at Noilieb, N O Y. L-E-Y-B, N-O-Y-L-E-Y-B. It is my privilege to interview. He's. This is crazy because this guy's literally fighting for his country, fighting for his life, and fighting for the world. Because if you are fighting against terrorism, 
you are fighting for the world. And he took the time to join me on the podcast. So without further ado, this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And uh, let's just jump into it. No musical introduction. All right. Noi, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, everybody appreciates you taking the time to speak, to tell your story. You've been very active on social media, um, presenting what's going on from your point of view in a very plain 2023 relatable way. Uh, my first question is, is how are you feeling right now? I mean, I know it's a weird question. You're in the middle of a war, but like, how are you feeling? Yeah, everyone asks me that. Honestly, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm in good spirits. We've experienced a lot of things, but overall I'm feeling very well. I think that different people take uh, the war differently, but I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm going to just jump right into it because I know that you're probably tired. I know that anything could happen, uh, you know, and you're on call. How long have you been in the IDF? So I enlisted in 2009 and my active duty was for three years. But in the Israeli army, if you're a combat soldier or another, uh, you know, some other specific uh, responsibilities, you continue to do reserve duty every year. So since 2012, when I was discharged, I've been doing reserve duty for about a month every single year. Um, so, you know, breaks out from 2009, 2012 active duty in 2012 until today and until I'll be 40, 50 or even 60 years, years old. Wow. And, and where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Canada, moved to Israel when I was 18 and uh, now I live in New York. All right. And where were you on October 7th, 2023? I was on the Upper East Side, coming back from a Shabbat dinner, ready to go to bed, and then just like all of you, woke up to the, or went, tried to go to bed to the nightmare that we were going through, and, you know, I, I, I didn't know it was going to be a, a war right away, but within a few hours, I had looked for a ticket back home because I knew it was much bigger than an attack, and I was on the first flight back to Israel after uh, the news came out. Wait, you were in, in New York City? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And you, were you called to go back or you just took it upon yourself? You knew that, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I knew we were going to be called. I mean, I, I tried to sleep the night. I woke up. Both my brothers were already on base. I'd already, I had already bought a ticket, but, you know, I'm part of um, Reserve Duty Unit 551. That's It's very elite. It's one of the top combat units uh, in reserve duty. And if, you know, other units are getting called, then we're for sure going to be called. And, you know, within a couple hours, I was right. We all got the, the call to come up. And your reserve, your team, you guys were one of the first uh, to actually go in to Gaza. What did you yeah. see? What was that like? And just sort of walk me through everything that, that's happened, that you've witnessed, that you've seen, and how you got to where we got to 40-something days later today. Yeah, so when, when I arrived, we trained for three weeks. We didn't go in right away. You know, we, we meet up once a year, so we know each other. I know exactly what happens about everything on the prison to my left and to my right. But we are a little rusty, so... I feel like I did a PhD on Hamas studies. We learned everything about them. And then three weeks later, our uh, our officers told us, you know, 
put your phones away, say goodbye to your loved ones. We didn't tell anyone where we were going, but uh, we knew exactly where we were going. And then, uh, you know, two weeks in Gaza, I can, I can talk all about it. Maybe. Uh, I mean, how do you get into Gaza? How did you guys get in there? Do you fly in? Do you? Is it tanks? Is it military vehicles? How do you get in there? What do you see? What have you been witnessing? And just the whole experience so far. Yeah. So we took a bus down south and then took another bus um, to the Ares crossing, which is the crossing into Gaza. We walked through because we all know that, you know, if you drive through, you're basically a, a moving target. And unfortunately, there was a unit that was hit that was driving, um, to, you know, into Gaza. And I don't think there's a typical day in Gaza. Every day is something different. I can tell you from the moment that we came in, not a day later, two days later, from the moment we came in, we were under threats. Threats such as drones that look for you and drop down grenades, which happened to our unit on the fourth day and 10 people got injured. Every single day they told us you have a group of four terrorists coming to your house to kill you. In two hours there will be a terrorist who's gonna explode himself. Um, you know, it's a lot of guarding a lot of patrolling, a lot of looking for the terrorists. It's not like the movies. You don't see the terrorists in, in front of you and you shoot them. These Hamas terrorists, these, these cowards, they're hiding under tunnels and they come up for not even a minute. They come up, they know where you are, they shoot the RPG, they shoot the rocket and they go back down. So it's a lot of finding these tunnels, the openings of these tunnels, neutralizing them, looking for additional threats, there is fire by either the tanks or us or snipers or the Air Force every 30 seconds. It's nonstop. You, you kind of become numb to it. But I do also want to mention that there's a quiet side of war. Besides the fire, uh, the shots going off, you, you look a lot, you search a lot, and there's, there's some downtime. So there is time when we're kind of, you know, trying to make up for sleep or you know, making coffee or even journaling or playing cards. Like it's a bit of everything. That's interesting. You said it's, it's a quiet time uh, because I, it's not something that I think that, you know, is um, salacious or exciting. Um, and of course that you, you, I'm sure you guys are exhausted. The tunnels, have you been into the tunnels? The tunnels have been, you know, over here in the United States you know, discussed in the news, you know, so much. Have you actually been in the tunnels uh, during this time or other times while you were serving? So let me set something straight. 99% of IDF soldiers don't go into tunnels. Going into a tunnel is a death wish for two reasons. Number one, it's their game. They know the tunnels. You don't know, you know, we know right now what Gaza look like from the satellite shots. We know where we're going, what we're doing. If you go into the tunnel, it's game over. On top of that, many of the tunnels have mines around, have uh, explosives around them. So they know when you're coming to the tunnel. When we find a tunnel and we try to take care of it, we try to, you know, get rid of it, they know we're there. But if they see you and they do have cameras walking around the tunnel, they'll remotely detonate those explosives and you're gone. So our orders are when we see a tunnel, we don't go inside, we take care of it. 
with other units such as engineering units and ones that can uh, can destroy the the tunnels. The social media aspect of this war is unlike anything ever before. In my opinion, this war um, started and was presented on social media on the 7th from the images that we saw from Hamas, the destruction, the you know unthinkable, unimaginable things. How much social media are you guys seeing and how... Um, aware are you are definitely because you know you're presenting yourself in such a uh, strong way but how much of social media are you guys seeing on a day-to-day basis so in israel we use uh we use telegram and on telegram we see the raw videos we see the the videos that hamas releases we see the videos that we release and it's it's uncut footage it's footage that isn't allowed to be posted on platforms like Instagram and TikTok. And at the beginning, you want to see it, even though it's videos of the Hamas terrorists parachuting to the Nova Festival and murdering all the Israelis. You look at it, but it gets to a certain point where you just don't want to see it anymore. It's just, it's so heartbreaking. You stop looking at it. You know, we scroll on Instagram, we scroll on TikTok, we're aware, but you know, then you're in Gaza for two weeks and you miss out on what's been going on in social media. And a lot of the times you don't want to look at it. You know, there's a lot of people doing good for Israel. People like you are providing motivation and and energy to people around the world. And you have the other side, which are, you know, promoting the the, the most insane lies, the, the news that you're like, you don't understand how millions of people are believing this junk. So you just, you know, we us soldiers have enough going on in our mind. It's the last thing you want to do. But like you said, it's a, it's a social media war that unfortunately Israel is losing. Are you aware? I mean, what, it's so mundane when I think about what you're doing, but it's so offensive to the everyday person who's not fighting. Are you aware of this? Um, I guess it's like a phenomenon. It's a sick phenomenon of people ripping down posters uh, around the world, specifically in the United States, in the Upper East Side of New York, where you just were, of hostages. Are you? Have you seen that? Because you know, like I said, it's mundane and it's fucking stupid. And personally, I think these people are mentally ill. Like I think you have to be mentally ill to do that. But are, have you seen that stuff? I saw those, and I had chills in my body when I saw that. Because I can promise you. If it was the other way around and Israel had kidnapped the Palestinians, if you would have ripped down a kidnapped Palestinian from the Upper East Side, you know, you would be shamed, canceled, whatever word you want to use on social media, you would be done. But for some reason, and people do it to these Israelis kidnapped, it's it's okay. And you know, us Israelis, us Jews are are, are always smart, so you know, you put Vaseline on it to make it a bit harder to rip off and and all these other things. But the, the fact that you even have the the guts to rip down a poster of, leave the Jewish thing, leave the Israeli thing. I know. Kidnap person. Are you, what is wrong with you? It's it's insane. It's insane. It's, it's so insane and so surprising. I mean, I don't know if you saw this. In, in the last 24 hours on TikTok, on social media in general, Osama bin Laden... His letter to America has been sort of reimagined, reinterpreted, and looked at totally different, which is another way you're like, what the fuck is going on in the world? 
Like what the fuck? I mean, and these are a lot of New Yorkers. And because, you know, you, you, you understand New York and you said the Upper East Side where I'm from, where I live, you know, like I'm seeing people walking around making videos about celebrating his letter to America and his point of view, which is, is just a crazy thing. Again, it's mundane to the big picture, but it's concerning going forward to the, the mentality of, of the world to me. Yeah, I, I think it's this this new generation. You know, they, they they did a lot of studies on them. The support for Israel and for the Jewish state is down. I read a little bit about the Osama bin Laden thing. It's like, are you saying that Osama bin Laden was right and everything that he stood for? Like, there's so much more that it's it's hard to believe. It's really hard to believe, and sometimes I don't r- believe what I'm reading. Were you? Did you have any friends, family? that were kidnapped, that were um, hurt or worse on October 7th? I'm sure there's people that are serving that that have that. Yeah, Israel is a very small community. It's not six or five or four degrees of separation. It's one or two. I can tell you that in my unit, one of my best friends here, if you remember the, the girl that was kidnapped on the motorcycle, she was you know pretty famous. That's his cousin. We have people who didn't come to reserve duty because their entire group of friends were killed on October 7th. I have a friend who her boyfriend and her entire, um, you know, her entire class went to that festival and they were killed. Like everyone knows people here that were killed. On top of that, you know, after the festival, after October 7th, you know, we went into Gaza and my unit, we had a lot of hard hits there. We had a mosque that had explosives detonated uh, when our soldiers were there, killing four of them and injuring six. We actually were the ones that went and took them out of the mosque on stretchers, in body bags. And, you know, it's... it's when we, when we practice these things, you know, practice a group of, a large group of people getting hurt, we, we act... We scream, we yell, my leg, my arm, I can't breathe. But Michael, when we went there, it was silent. Every single person that was there was either dead or unconscious. And you see limbs being blown off. You see someone with no arms. And it was a very spooky feeling. It was a very hard day. It was actually last week. At this time, right now, this is when it happened. Like I said earlier, we had drones that dropped grenades on our soldiers, injuring 10 of them just like that. There's a video online posted by Hamas. In my, my own team, we had soldiers that were injured. It's, it's part of war, and it happens, and it's sad. But when it happens to someone that you know, one of your brothers in the army, one of your... It, 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 it hits differently. Man, when you're going through that, when you're seeing stuff like that, are you having an outer body experience? Are you like, are just so caught up in the moment? Or is there any part of you that goes, I can't believe that this is where I am. I was just in New York City and now I'm in the middle of the darkest of the darkest. Like, I can't even imagine the contradiction of everything before you were doing on, you know, the 6th of October spending Shabbat in New York City on the Upper East Side and then to where you are a few weeks later? Once I I bought the ticket and I got on the plane to Israel, I made a mental switch in my mind. And it's 
it's somewhat robotic, but when I came to the base and I put on the uniform, you know, I, I love my family. Both my brothers are in the army. My mom has three boys. My parents are worried sick about us. I think about them every day. But like when I put on the uniform, when I cross into Gaza, when I go on guard duty, it's a switch where you can't think about anything else. You can't think about the family, the previous life you had. You, you are right now, you have a mission to number one, eliminate Hamas, and number two, save the hostages. And that's all that's in your mind. Nothing else. I am Rappaport Podcast. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the Draft Kings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby. Needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. How long, Noy, do you think this war is going to last? Do you have any idea? Can you make any sort of prediction on it? I think it's complicated. Everyone always has something else, and I think it's complicated for, for two reasons. Number one, we're not fighting an army. We're fighting these heartless terrorists. We're trying to take out Hamas so the Palestinian people can be able to have a government without the threat of a terror organization. And you need to, we need to get rid of every single last Hamas terrorist. That's number one, and it's hard to do. Number two, it's not just Gaza. We have the Northern Front. We have Hezbollah in Lebanon. That's a whole other ballgame, which I pray 
every single night, every single morning that we won't get to because it's it's something else. And that'll be a much longer war. If you ask me to put a date, you know, I know we're going to be in Gaza in the next, you know, I might not be here on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. I assume we'll be going for a couple of weeks. I think that my personal guess is between two to six months for the reserve duty, uh, reserve soldiers and the active duty soldiers, it's going to be a bit longer. But if you want me to give you an even better answer, we can end the war tomorrow. If Hamas gives us back the hostages, dead or alive, I can promise you that most people would be on, on board to leave Gaza and finish the war. What do you think this whole discussion, debate, people are getting, you know, all sorts of fucking political people, me, everybody has an opinion on ceasefire. I'll, you know, listen, I'm not a soldier, but for me, just like you just said, you know, the hostages need to be returned and then there could be a end of this war. What is your interpretation? What are your feelings about this idea of a ceasefire while 230 plus hostages are taken uh, and have been gone for 40 plus days now. The ceasefire is bullshit. Every single time we've had a ceasefire, you look at back at Protective Edge in 2014, every ceasefire was broken, okay? It's, it, we didn't make it up. You see shots, rockets being fired from Gaza. And the humanitarian break that we had a couple of weeks ago, what was that used for? Hamas brought in more weapons more rockets, and only made itself stronger. They fixed up tunnels that were being blown up. So the ceasefire only means that Hamas is getting stronger, and it doesn't mean anything else. So I totally disagree with the ceasefire. We're not dealing with an army. We're dealing with savages who don't play by the rules, and they've proved it multiple times. Hamas, the like I was talking about the tunnels, um, Israel, part of the fabric of Israel, uh, whether it's um, in Tel Aviv, whether it's in people's homes, are bomb shelters. Explain the reality for the Palestinian people, the people of Gaza, why they are not in the tunnels, uh, why we only see them outside, and the fact that there's no bomb shelters in Gaza, and how there are bomb shelters in Israel to take care of civilians. Talk about that. It's very simple. Israel values life and Hamas values death. Hamas is able to use these people as human shields. When Palestinian civilians die, it gives power to Hamas. It shows the world how horrible Israel is. And Hamas, they're not missing any money. They have more money than me, and they have more money than you, and they have more money than a lot of people on this earth. They could build the most beautiful and protected bomb shelters in the world. But like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't help their cause. We know that humans are being used as shields. We know that Hamas forces people, forces Palestinian civilians stay in their houses not go to, a, to you know, in, in the, they stay in their houses while they know that Israel is attacking dangerous areas. The, the, the fact that they don't have these bomb shelters only helps them win. It, it shows you how much Hamas cares about, his, about its own people. The media, social media, when they talk about IDF going into mosques, IDFs going into uh, a Shifa hospital and schools, you guys are aware that 
obviously Hamas. There's no military, uh, specific military areas where Hamas is, right? They're, like, explain that because people think that, you know, oh, Israel's just going into a hospital and shooting up a hospital. Israel's just blowing up Hamas. Explain how there is no military bases, um, like official military base for Hamas. In Israel, you can go on Google Maps and search up many military bases. And those are only meant for soldiers. In Gaza, like you said, Hamas operates out of you know, buildings that they know that shouldn't be attacked, like hospitals, like playgrounds, like schools. I can tell you, Michael, that last week, throughout the entire, you know, week, we were shot at from schools, from playgrounds, and from hospitals. The day we left, an RPG was fired and a half away from me from a school. And they know that Israel and the IDF is a moral and ethical army. And it's a question. You have someone firing at you from a hospital. Do you fire back? You know that there's civilians in there. You know that there's Hamas's in there. But how many times do we have to uncover the weapons and the ammo and the everything related to terror under these schools and, and, and hospitals and playgrounds? How many times do we have to do it? And why should we you know, let them fire at us from these different places. And, and what, are we supposed to do nothing? When you're, when you're being fired at from schools and from playgrounds, related to something that I would see in New York. So you're like, you're, it's out of a school. Are there kids around? Are there civilians around? When they pop up and start shooting, what is around? Like what is, is happening? And is it in the daytime? Is it the nighttime? Is it any time? Yeah, so we were in the Bet Hanun area, um, which is in the in the northern part of Gaza. The civilians have left that area because you know it's being bombed. It's it's there's so much terror there. We see animals, and it's really sad. You see cats, chickens, roosters, ducks, sheep. Um, it's known that Hamas really loves to attack at two different times, between night and day. So you know, early hours of the morning. And between day and night, so when it's you know around five, six, seven p.m., they are cowards. They get out of their hole, they shoot to you, and they come down. So it's very hard to understand where the fire is coming from. You know, it's just like you are searching and you're guarding, and we have soldiers everywhere looking for these terrorists. But they go up, shoot, and they come down. We on, on the last day, like I told you, when an RPG was at us. Following the RPG uh, were regular shots from um, from an AK-47. But, you know, we're not sticking our heads out and looking for, you know, where is the is the shooting coming from? We're ducking, we're hiding, and we're telling the tanks or the Air Force to look at it. But it's it happens in seconds because they go back into their time. What else do you want to share with the world? What else do you want to share with the people who support Israel who support Jewish people around the world. What else, uh, what other message do you want uh, to get out? I mean, to the people who support Israel, I feel like we're right now we're stronger than ever. We are, have left our, you know, our left, our right, and our political, political opinions for a second. And it's amazing to see the support. It needs to continue. I remember when the Ukraine war started. For the first two weeks, everyone was going crazy. And then after they forgot about it. And we, the Jewish people, need to continue supporting each other. 
And I want to say something to the opposite side, to those who support Hamas. If you're supporting Hamas, you're supporting the people, the organization that handed out candy when 9-11 happened. You're supporting people, terrorists who burned the U.S. flag. You're supporting people who, if you are, you know, a homosexual, you're part of the LGBTQ community, you will die before the Jewish people. You know, if you are a woman with ambition, no way, no way you'll succeed in Gaza. So if you're still supporting Hamas after they've shown their true face of who they are today, then something is seriously wrong with you. I am Podcast. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby. Needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok, will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Stereo, get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Articulate Hamas, your feelings about Hamas and Palestine civilians, because that's been a big discussion. And one of the things that frustrates me the most is obviously civilians are different from the government of any country and civilians are different, definitely different of the government of a terrorist ran place like Gaza, you know, because this whole idea that Israel is committing genocide and 
Uh, it goes into the ceasefire. Um, articulate your feelings about separating Hamas and just regular folks. Yeah, I want to tell you two stories. Number one, Israel took almost a month to go into Gaza, literally telling Palestinian civilians, hi, you are in a danger zone. There are threats around you. Go to these specific safe zones. We're giving them leaflets. We're calling them. We're messaging them. You have IDF officers. Instead of dealing our hurt with our kidnap, they're calling these Palestinian civilians, telling them to leave. And we know this hurts us. We know that Hamas knows exactly what we're saying and what we're sending them to. But we, we still do it. And we're really trying to free the Palestinian people by killing Hamas. And you mentioned earlier about, you know, every generation being being kind of raised by hate. And we see it. When I went into school, I looked at the Palestinian, you know, the, the material. I can't read Arabic, but you can see by the pictures what they read. When I went into a house that we were clearing, we came in, we cleared the front door, the kitchen, looking for explosives. And me and, and, and a buddy of mine, we were responsible for this little girl's room. We opened a door and for a second I, I felt calm because I saw this beautiful little girl decor. I saw a butterfly and it was like, okay, this is war. This is crazy, but like they're human. And I, I saw toys on the ground and I looked at the other wall and what I saw were photos of Palestinian terrorists, Hamas terrorists that were being idolized by this little girl. And, and I asked myself like, what kind of parent do you have to be to convince your seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old girl to idolize terrorists? You should have posters of, of you know, athletes, of musicians, of celebrities, of whatever we had when we were younger. But you, and, and, and I took a photo of this. Uh, you see these little girls idolizing terrorists. So what do you expect? Of course they hate us. Of course they fucking hate us. Man, that's crazy. Well, listen. Noy, make sure you articulate this to your whole group, to your whole uh, reserve, and to everybody there. We are thinking about you all day, every day. We are sending love. We are sending strength. Uh, we are sending prayers. We are sending every single thing we could possibly do. We support you. We appreciate you. We love you. We're with you. And every other adjective, adverb, positive thing. You know, we, we wish you nothing but uh, safety peace and uh truly appreciate uh you um fighting literally fucking fighting like fighting 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 on behalf of uh not just israel not just jewish people but the entire world and i know that the entire world will thank you and israel and everybody in your reserve and everybody in the idf later uh, it, it sucks now, uh, but I know the world is going to thank you later. And I'm just wishing you uh, just safety, you know, rest and to come out of this uh, mentally and physically. OK. And, uh, you know, just sending you love uh, to you and your family and all the guys and girls, the men and the women that are alongside you. We appreciate it. And I have to tell you that we feel the love, whether it's on social media, whether it's the letters that you know, little kids write us and we receive it in the, in the donation packages. Uh, we feel it. And, and like I said earlier, it's stronger than ever. And earlier I told you, Michael, that you aren't just a role model for the other Jewish people with, with, with power. You're a role model for everyone who's fighting for what's right. 
having a voice, speaking to millions of people is the right thing to do. We're not at war against an army. We're fighting against heartless, savages, cowards who have shown the true face and the entire world needs to be against them so we can get rid of them all once and for all and really give the Palestinian people the freedom to have their own government and so that we can live in peace. And we appreciate everything. Absolutely. And hopefully when this is all over, I could see you uh, in uh, New York City and take you for a, a slice of pizza or a drink or whatever else uh, uh, you want. I'll hold you to that. We'll uh, see you in who knows how long, but I appreciate it. All right. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you, Michael. I want to thank Noy, Noy Lieb. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking the time. Everybody is wishing you safety. Everybody in your unit, everybody in the IDF, safety. We want to break bread with you either in Israel or in New York City on the Upper East Side. I can't wait to meet you in person, uh, sending you nothing but love, strength, and prayers from me and the entire I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast crew, the Rapper Pack. Uh, again, follow Noy at Noy Lieb, N-O-Y-L-E-Y-B for great, informative, genuine social media content straight from uh, the Gaza Strip. Anyway, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm out. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. We could get out of here with something real nice, something real loud, but most importantly, take us out of here with something real funky. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm out. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet three six five. Twenty one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.